How you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me on the show, Alex. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a ice speed train <laughs> of <laughs> podcast recording. It's awesome. um, it's been a blessing. You know, like I've hit my third third years. Uh, yeah, third year of recording. And um, congrats, it's, man. It's uh, I'm doing well. Not necessarily an audience. I think I'm I'm in a niche, which is pretty much what people are saying we should do. You know, like when when you start a podcast, you want to be as niche as possible. Um. But then again, you know, like it probably isn't the most trendy subject matter, you know, like to talk about people sure. you know, like overcoming shitty, shitty things in their lives. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, used, uh, we're, we're used to more of the uh, glossy and, and, and you know, um, the hashtag aspect of life that, you know, like I, I kind of don't believe in. But anyhow, yeah. Um, the first question I have for you, Matt, is um, where are you located? And um, still asking the question of how has been the pandemic for you? Mm, good questions. Good questions. So I'm a fellow Canadian. I believe you're out in, in the Montreal area, are you not? Yep. In the suburbs. Yep. Cool. Cool. So I'm, uh, I'm in Edmonton, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So I've been here about 20 years. And honestly, uh, so in Alberta out here, we just lifted all our mandates. So I'm not sure how it is out your way there, but uh, so we've been getting there. Yeah, right. So yeah, it still feels a little bit weird. I haven't actually gone into, you know, a grocery store or anything without my mask on quite yet. I haven't had that chance. It's going to feel a little bit awkward, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, But for me personally, and just like coming, like you say, coming out of, I spent two years, a little over two years now. Honestly, uh, I you know I worked at a grocery store. Uh, I just quit. I just quit my job actually there. Uh, we we can get into, but I'd been working at a grocery store for 23 years. So I was an assistant store manager actually, and we opened uh, opened a brand new store uh, right on the the beginning of the third wave. So it had been September of 2020, and that was quite the experience. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And it was uh, so professionally, it was very challenging. You know, working in a grocery store, and uh, you know, in a sense, being uh, you know, frontline worker in, the, in that sense. Uh, but uh, personally, when I was uh, outside of work, uh, things were great. And I'll tell you why. Uh, you know, I, I, I work very well when I have some like boundaries or parameters, right? Where I have some framework and I'm like, okay, this is all you have. Figure it out. I'm like, I'm good at that. I can figure things out. So right away, I was like, okay. So I was going to the gym a lot. So I'm like, okay, the gyms are closed. What am I going to do? Well, I'll make a home gym. I'll do, I'll make do with, yep. you know, what I can do, right? I'll see my neighborhood. I'm going to go jogging outside now, you know, make the best of it, right? So honestly, and I, 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 I don't want to be like braggadocious or anything, but I honestly thrived on a lot of personal uh, level things uh, during the pandemic. Just, I, I think just more so because it's the, the guy, the kind of guy I am. I am. Uh, so it was kind of a mix of both, man. It was like, uh, you know, the, the professional was very challenging and very, uh, put me to, uh, to the kind of the, the, the brink of my, uh, you know, limits with frustration and, uh, faith in people at times. And, yeah. uh, but, but, um, but, uh, you know, on the personal side, I, I'm, I'm, you know, don't, I don't mind saying I'm fairly proud of, uh, you know, everything I was able to accomplish during those two years. So very good question though. I thank you. Uh, uh, as has the pandemic exacerbated um, some of the um, stuff that you had inside? You know, like, and and I mean by that, you know, like, um, you know, I I I told that story a few times on, on this podcast, but um, one of the first dinner we had was for a, a birthday of of a friend, and we went two couples downtown, and you know, so as as I said, I live in the suburbs, and 
So, you know, like it's kind of a half hour drive and, you know, like it, it, it has been more than a year that I hadn't drive to downtown, which is, it's odd because I'm going uh, for lunch tomorrow downtown Montreal. But um, all that to say that it was in the evening, no traffic, but, you know, I could see kind of the lights of the of downtown. And at some point, um, we had a blast all dinner long. And when we walked back to our cars, um, I had, and I'm not going to say, you know, like, again, you know, like, it really is hard to explain, but kind of a tingle in the back of my neck where I was just mm -hmm. like, happy to be back to be coming back home in my sure. lockdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in my confinement. Yeah. And I fucking hated it. You know, like, and I told my sure. wife, I, I'm like, it's, it's not, it's kind of the, sh even like the shadow of a tingle, you know, like, it's not something... I'm, I work in sales for God's sake, you know, like, so I'm not afraid of people. I'm not, you know, like interactions is not something that, but it definitely has amplified mm. um, stuff that probably is even hidden or, or stashed or, or, or kind of, you know, um, buried inside me. Um, and so, and the reason why I do ask, you know, like two years and as, as, as you do in, in Edmonton, you know, like I, I'm our, um, you know, like our restrictions are, you know, slowly but surely dropping as well. But, um, but at the same time, um, there is a postmortem of that situation where, you know, like all of these, um, shitty feelings or, or whatever anxieties or, 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 um, fears that have been amplified by the pandemic are not going to be, uh, dropped as the fucking restrictions will, you know, like, so, so for me, it is, that's why I asked a question, like, have you felt that some stuff you had inside, because you said you work on, you know, like kind of a, on, on you, but have you felt that some of these fears or, 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 you know, like thoughts were amplified by being alone, restricted, confined, you know, like all, all by yourself? Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, that's a great point. And I, I like what you're saying. It's like, because for me, I broke it into two stages, like year one, I, I didn't, I don't think I had as many issues because like you kind of kept expecting it to be over. And then last summer when everything started to kind of open up again, I had this false sense of uh, hope, I guess that, it, that we're okay. Life is yeah. going to go back to normal again here. Right. And, you know, and then you quickly realized by September and it's, you know, here we go again, sort of thing. Right. So, uh, so last summer I remember being asked the similar subject matter as to what we're talking about right now. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm excited. I'm ready. But honestly, this time it's two years in and like I play in a band as well. And, uh, you know, it's been two years since we performed live. Like we've done, you know, our Facebook live, we've done the streaming and so forth. But to actually get into a pub and a bar, I have a, a lot more like reservations around it coming out of year two than I did year one, where yeah. year one, I was like, ah, oh, year is nothing, right? But after two years, like to your point, you have this accumulation effect of these feelings mm -hmm. that yes, they are coming out and that's great. But um you know, I, I really think that second year specifically took a toll on everybody, right? Because it's, you start seeing like my brother's a healthcare worker, like he works uh, at uh, Lionsgate Hospital in North Vancouver. And he's going through all this, like this, just nonsense, right? Like people are throwing stuff at him. And whereas, you know, two years ago, there, he's like the hero, right? And even me, like a exactly. grocery store, people are coming up to me, thank you for what you do. I was like, wow, I've never had such a you know i'm just a grocery acknowledgement. store guy. acknowledgement yeah. right and it felt pretty good right i get used to it pretty quickly right and then three months later it's like you're you're the you know everybody's complaining to you again and it's like right back to you know you kind of just get used to it and then it's like back to normal 
but you know, almost to the other side of things where people are starting to yell at you and like, well, what are you doing? I, you know, I'm, I'm entitled to this and you know, everybody gets impatient with it and then it manifests itself in, in, in different uncomfortable ways. But yeah, to answer your question, like, I think my, um, yeah, it's a strange thing. Cause I've gotten to know, I mean, you know, I do a podcast as well. So a lot of zoom calls, right. And I'm super comfortable with the zoom calls and now it's like when I actually have that human energy, like when if I were to be sitting in the room with you, it'd be a little bit different just because there's Absolutely. no, right. There's that energy. Like we're exchanging energy as opposed to the, right now we're looking at each other on the, on the monitor and there, there is something to be said for that. And after two years of having that sort of removal from the, that human contact of being that close to somebody and missing that energy exchange of just being in a room with somebody mm-hmm. under that kind of context. Yeah, for sure. It's uh it's, it's maybe a little, I wouldn't say like more anxious. It's not that, but there's an, a level of uncertainty that wasn't there last year or even six months ago that here Absolutely. it is, it's springtime. It's like, you know, you can feel the energy, the seasonal change, the energy that comes along with spring. And I feel a little bit of hesitancy now with just me getting out there. And so I, I am, yeah, to answer your question for sure. There's a lot of, uh, yeah, just uncertainty. It's not fear. Because like I, I to, to your point, like you're in sales, so I'm sure, like you say, you're you're around people, you, you you're comfortable with your people skills, yep. but there's there's still just the uh, you know you kind of what have you lost along the way a little bit? You're a little bit rusty with certain uh, you know, ways of interacting with people is 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 more so, and yeah, dude, like I'm feeling I, a room, you know, like the, the totally. sales example, totally, you know, like it is one of the you know like it, it's one thing that I tried to explain to my ex-colleagues when it all shut down you know like i said guys i i'm i'm i think i'm pretty good at feeling a room i can't feel a zoom room right you know yeah big difference you know like so so i can't i can definitely read a room where um some execs have less reach within an organization than some admins for example you know like so Mm. i work in technology so i meet with you know like the it department uh administrator but then you meet with the VP of IT, and but, but when you do get feel a room and get that feeling when people the way people sit, the way they shake your hand, totally. you know, like all of that stuff, I could, you know, like I had a good sixth sense of that, you know, like saying VP is not driving their show here, you know, right. like that that admin does. Um, I can't do that on a Zoom where all I see is you know his face in right. you know, like in portrait mode, you know, like it's it's yeah. and even worse so when people shut down their cameras, you know, so. It was um, that adaptation was was pretty freaking hard. Right. Um, on top of it, you know, like that first year, I literally, uh, my son was, we're three years and two years in now. And uh, my son was uh, four. And so no more uh, daycare. Um, so, you know, stuck at home. Uh, both my wife and I are kind of designated as um essential workers but um non-vital you know like, like i'm not I, work, I don't work in health but you know you know people need to buy it especially for companies for sure um so i decide that you know like i'm gonna take more time because my my wife works for an smb at the time i do work for like a larger corporation which can allow or afford to lose me more on my time than you know my wife um i end up running almost 900k that summer pushing a stroller you know, because yeah, that, that was the only way I could, and and fueling and and feeding optimism. You know, like just like okay, you know, like almost done. We should be good, right? As you say, you know, like yeah. almost like everything's gonna be all right. You know, like yeah. 
I'm freak. I'm fucking freaking out. <laughs> but yeah, everything's going to be good. Right. Running and running and running. And at some point, like you said, you know, like the second year, they kind of loose up and you're like, oh, okay. So we should be okay. And and there's already some sign of discomfort, you know, like, like, like you're like, ooh, that's weird. You know, like the, this awkwardness is already, you, you kind of already feel it. Yeah. And yeah. then you say, oh, oh, sorry. You know, like we're taking it all out again. Yeah. And that last holiday season was really, really tough. You know, like I was like, man. And not that I completely understand some of the extremists and, you know, like the people that went, you know, like like over the top with that. Right. But there was some sense of comprehension of I, I the fed up part, I get it. 100%. I totally get you on that. Absolutely. And everybody was, but and, and but yeah, to your point though, exactly. Not to condone any extreme behavior because like you and I no, are frustrated, no, 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 no. but we're not driving to all, yeah, I'm not gonna get into that. But you know what there's I mean. There's no you know, like the people won't see it, but there's no tinfoil ads on any one of us. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. No tinfoil here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is, you know, like it is the you know, like the kind of situation situation where um getting back, you know, like I I I, I I was saying that, you know, like I'm going on a lunch and it's a business. It's the first business lunch in almost two years wow. that I'm going to tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, and, and and I'm not meeting with customers. I'm meeting with partners, which, you know, like is a bit different because of, you know, like kind of the power dynamics and all. Yeah. But I have to admit that it's just like, ooh, okay. You know, I like guess, yep. you know. <laughs> sure. Wow. You know, like that's yeah. really, really weird. You know, like there yeah. is something that's really weird. Um yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and there is really a. Um, I, I, I repeat myself on that, but you know, like I, 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 any listeners, you know, like I, I, I don't want them to forget that by the time this shit will be over, um, I hope that the authorities and you know, like kind of the 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 government, the different level of governments actually and authorities, will keep in mind that there's going to be as much if not more efforts in making sure that you know those kind of micro traumas that you know went all over the population are being taken care of and listened to you know mm, and and yeah i think i think yeah. about that a lot you know because yeah. you know i'm i'm i consider myself stable 17 years sober you know like the, all kinds of stuff that nice, you know man. i kind of Congrats. i had thank you but you know like i had to work on myself you know like right kind of right pre- not prepare but you know like Obviously, you have to build some strong foundation to keep yourself sober and keep yourself sane, and you know, for sure. And um, and life throws shit at you, anyways. You know, like, but <laughs> but all that to say yeah. that um, all that to say that you know, like, despite all of this, you know, like at some point during that two year period, I felt uh, weak at some point. Mm, you know, yeah, you know, like, uh, yeah. or weaknesses, weaknesses, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. and and so. Can you imagine what it was or what it it has been for someone that already felt on their knees? You know, yeah. when 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 they when we got into that, you know, like it must have been crazy. You know, so that really is what I who and what I do think about um, when you know, like I think about you know, like so every time they announce that you know, like okay, so you can go out more and you know, like less of the mask and less of the passport and less of this and that. I'm like, yeah, but. There are people that are still 
clearly freaking out still. Yeah. And there is clearly scared yeah. shitless of going out of their houses. Yeah. Still, you know. Yeah. There is. It's funny. Yeah. I mean, good points all around. And, you know, even here, uh, I want to say yesterday or the day before, there was a protest and nobody was really quite sure why. Everybody was kind of joking. Everybody's going, I was like, we, you know, we're not sure what we want, but we want it now. And it's just like this frustration that's boiled over. So people just want to get out and get into group and share the frustration more than anything. Cause like everything's opened up. So I don't know what you guys are protesting. It was very strange. And, you know, we have, (laughs) have some fun with it a little bit, but at the same token, it's just like, wow, but that's what it is. I I like how you, you said it, Alex, when you're saying there's, you know, these like micro traumas that are going to show up in different ways and with different people and different people are going to have, everybody's going to have different you know, variations of, of what we're talking about, right. As far as like going back out to life as normal, right. Whatever that may be. Now there's going to be uh, people on different timelines as far as their comfortabilities. There's going to be still people that are going to want to pick fights, right. Because that's just the natural, you know, order of yeah. some people, right. They want to be antagonistic. So now they don't have the anti-vaxxer or the anti-masking thing. So they're going to figure out some other way to kind of, you know what I mean? Just be antagonistic. So yeah, it'll be and interesting. The, it'll be interesting for sure. But it's, um, it, it, you know, like I saw someone comment that because, you know, like um, there was like an announcement and people were like, At fucking last, you know, like we can, you know, keep the mask off and, and da, 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 da. And, I, you know, like there was a lady commenting like, what if I still want to put it? You know, like, what if, you know, like, am totally. I going to be judged? And, you know. And I was like, wow, you know, like, so, so you're not, you're not in a rush at all. You know, like you're, you're right. definitely, you know, like, so the definitely has kind of imprinted something in people's mind. Um, so yeah, you know, like it, it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's going to be interesting, you know, like a lot of post doctorate and, and master's degrees, college thesis. That's going to be interesting to read in, yes. in a few years from now. Very you know, good like, point. Yeah. Very, very, very yeah. It's uh, and you know what? The other funny thing too, on the other side of that, I've never thought of it like that. That's really cool though. But I, I've always thought like the output of art that's going to be coming out of with the COVID, uh, you know, projects that people took up instruments and they're just kind of learning it now. And it could be three to five years from now after they get to the stage where they can, you know, perform at a level where they can release something. I think there's a lot of people that started taking up some, you know, cre- like I know for sure camping and getting outdoors because that's sort of yeah. the go go around with COVID, which that that's great, right? Get get out, get some fresh air, right? Uh, but yeah, definitely with the uh, getting into playing instruments or just uh, learning art and something, I think there's going to be, a, you know what I mean? A whole group of people that it's going to be releasing uh, art coming out of this as well. So, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. Eh? Like this is something. So, so much stuff. Right. You, you, you make me realize that, you know, like a good friend of mine told me during the, uh, during Christmas time that, and it was such an interesting uh, observation. He said, my parents grew older faster in the past few years yeah right yeah yeah i could see and if that. you look at it you know like i see exactly what he meant yeah and i said wow you're right my dad is 73 and it, not that he grew he just grew older faster yeah and i think we all and i think we all did yeah you're right man yeah it's uh, and when you're talking about the mask and the, the one lady that you see in the article and she was like not in a big rush that's my mom right so she my mom has crohn's and a couple other things. She's mm-hmm. just, you know, and she lives by herself. She doesn't want to put herself in a spot that she's going to be burdensome or to any of her neighbors or whatnot, right? Yep. Or anybody. So she has made the decision she's going to keep wearing a mask. She lives in a smaller town in BC. 
But still, you know, you start hearing these stories to your point of these people that are going around tapping people on the shoulder that are wearing masks and going, hey, you don't have to wear those anymore. And, you know, kind of being almost antagonistic or whatever yeah. agenda they have. And my totally. mom's like, I'm going to be uncomfortable with that. You know, somebody tapping him on the shoulder. It's like, it's my choice to do it. So what's the difference, right? But there's still tensions are, are high still. It's going to take a while for things to, you know, to simmer back down, right? And some people are going to want to stay up here for because that's their nature, right? So, yeah, man. It's going to be hashtag keep the mask matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I see it now. I think, yeah, you've called it, man. If, if that comes up, I'm, I'm emailing you right away. I'm be like, man, you called that one. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, my, my own imagination, but I called it first, man. It's yeah, going to be right. hashtag right. keep the mass matter. You know, like just like <laughs> anyways, like what, yeah. and, and we're, we're in that swing and you know, like we're, we're in that era, you know, like, so it's going to be, my right, my choice, you know, like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to be an asshole in this, but you yeah. know, it is going to be kind of, you know, I like kind of on that swing of things, you know, yep. like where, and, yep. um, and I'm all for it. It's just that, you know, like, uh, sometimes the pendulum pushes a bit too hard on one swing or the other. Yeah. Um, and yeah, but you know, I called it first. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying him. Yeah. Yeah. Have a timestamp on this podcast. Yeah. That's me. March fourteenth, eh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. All right. Yeah. Um, back to regular programming. Um, yeah. I usually ask my my guests to rewind their life story tape to um, as young as they can remember some event that has kind of um, forged who they became, or you know, like kind of the path that they want to you know tell my audience. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, like for me, it, you know, like it obviously is on my mom's side, um, a lot of drinking, you know, like, so, you know, like really, really young, I saw that, you know, like I saw kind of the, um, actually the folklore that, you know, ran around, you know, like the, 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 my, 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 my mom's family drinks, um, and, and it, it obviously has made a mark on me, um, what about you, Matt? You know, like where you know, like where do we rewind that tape? And you know, tell me a bit about kind of the st story, or you know, like give me a, a an idea of the the photo and you know the, the the landscape of this. Yeah, absolutely. No, for sure, good setup. So I, I I grew up in in Prince George, British Columbia. So it's like the northern capital. So about seventy thousand people, very uh, isolated. It's kind of a logger town, uh, blue collar. Uh, lots of nature around. So I remember that was big for me growing up. I, I could literally hop my fence, be in the green belt. Uh, so I spent a lot of time in nature. Uh, but yeah, being like Prince George was pretty, um, like I always liken when I think like blue collar, I think like, you know, uh, the culture is like work hard, come home, have your beers, right? So like, it was modeled for me right away. My dad, big time, uh, you know, big drinker uh, and his whole side of the family. So my dad's dad, uh, my great grandfather and great grandmother were both very into, uh, and and it shows up on my mom's side too. Like my mom's uh, brother, my uncle Paul was uh, was very uh, very into uh, drugs and alcohol, but especially like a daily drinker, right? So my my dad and my uncle Paul would get together, and you know, and when I was like four years old, and I just remembered the energy changing right i remember like it get louder and you know they kind of i just it's it sound it seemed fun right because i'm like okay exactly they're yeah. kind of hitting each other and they're acting like kids almost so I, i'd go in and be like hey like what's going on and 
And that's when I get my first sip of beer, right? I'm four or five years old and, you know, the kid does the bitter beer face like, oh, and they laugh and all this. So I'm associating fun and kind of this carefree attitude with it, right? So that was pretty early on. That was my earliest memory, actually, was about four or five years old and having a sip of kokanee or whatever it may have been. And, um, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, another memory that really sticks with me that's worth uh, mentioning, Alex, is I remember playing house when I was in my basement. And, you know, like a kid, you set up uh, the house and pretend like you, you got a kitchen and all this. And I'm like, I had these little bottles and and I was like seven. I'm like, okay, this is like my, my you know, my liquor cabinet and I'm setting that up. And I'm looking back on, I'm like, why would I have thought to do this at seven years old? Right. But very much modeled for me. I, I you know, at this point, and I, I believe that there's a degree of like genetic passed down like you're predisposed you hear this right so you know there's a blend What's the fraternity like brothers and sisters yeah. in there yeah so i have uh, one one older brother one older brother okay. uh no and that's it so it's just me and, and my brother josh okay and does he uh catches that uh vibe as well or or little different you know so my brother's a lot more cerebral than me he was a little more keep to himself a little more like into his studies right so he'd be in his room yeah. a lot more often and you know kind of studying he was uh he, was, he liked nature too so he'd be in a, more apt to be in his room studying a book about birds or something like that right yeah a little a little yeah, less yeah, yeah. on the social side i was more social so uh you know so i'd get into that uh but yeah uh, my brother did come into it a little bit later because we get into our teenage years i was always into sports And I remember very distinctly, my parents got divorced when I was 14. My brother was 16. And at that point, uh, I had a tough time with it. Uh, you know, it, high school for me was, there was no middle school. So it was grade eight to 12. So I went into uh, to high school. As I, I didn't hit my growth spurt until about grade 10. So I was very small and I was very uh, shy to begin with as a kid. And uh, with everything happening at home, I remember showing up to high school, just being kind of stunned because I was like, man. My home life is is falling apart. There's so much change at high school here. I'm just, you know, I'm getting interested in women, but like, I don't know how to talk to them because I'm shy. And I was easy target for bullying, right? Because I'm not saying anything to anybody. And I kind of got this stunned look on my face. So I got bullied, right? For a couple of years. And, you know, I was trying to do whatever I could to kind of fit in, you know, doing sports and all that. But it wasn't really my thing, mainly because... I like being harmonious with people. I, I, when the competition would, I would just get too emotional. I, I would just be too emotional when, when the competition, when the game would actually start, I was good in practice, not so good when the game started because I couldn't hold my emotions in check. So that was why music really resonated with me because then I could sort of express myself in a more abstract and safe way, you know, through mm -hmm. music. And really exp express myself. And of course, as I'm sure you know, and many of your listeners know, along with music becomes you know, uh, the, the rock and roll lifestyle identity, right? So right off the bat, I'm like, I found something that that speaks to me with with my guitar, my music, and, and writing songs and all that. Couple that with, with alcohol. So my brother starts, I started experimenting really seriously with it about age 16 and getting into marijuana as well. And then all of a sudden, the whole world opened up to me, or so I thought, right? So you know how alcohol is when it initially meets you. It's like it's best, your, your best friend, he alcohol best puts his arm yep. around you and goes, you know, that girl you're always afraid to talk to, you won't be afraid after you have, you know, after you have a couple of drinks, you'll be fine. And, you know, and it's you're just- You'll look at it like an ass, but I won't tell you. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Which at the time, you, you, don't, you don't think that, right? So, you know, that's what it was, man. It was, uh, I, was I was off to the races with that. By the time I was about 18, I was playing, you know, uh, in pubs and bars and bands. 
And it's again, one of these curious things looking back on it in hindsight, I'm, uh, you know, playing in a band is one of the only jobs that they pay you with like beer. They're like, Hey, before you go yep. up there, drink up, you know, it's one of the only There's jobs you can drink coupons. on the tr- <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's what it was. It was like, I'm getting like, you know, like, encouraged to drink on the job. So of course I do. Right. And then I started mixing in some psychedelics, you know, I was getting into mushrooms and things of that nature, anything that kind of like, I like that just kind of getting a more open perspective on life. And, you know, I, I was trying to find myself, right. Because I was always uh, afraid of being alone by myself because I didn't really know what to do with my emotions. So the drinking helped me with that. Or I say that with a kind of questioning, still kind of questioning where I was going. But, with it. but did you already realize that it was hard being alone with your thoughts or alone with your emotions? So, or, yeah, or it's looking back that, you know, or it's looking back that you realize that, you know, like, like even being alone was something painful. So yeah, good question. Good question. I'll, I'll, I'll clarify that. I had issues with being by myself with my thoughts during the period where I was getting bullied specifically. Cause I was just trying to mm-hmm. figure out why, well, like, why am I get? why am I a target? And it was more so of a, a, a way of figuring out how to get, so I wasn't yeah. getting bullied. Right. So, and I figured that out. Right. So basically what I did is I started uh, getting ahead of it. So if somebody was going to uh, make fun of me, I would make sure to laugh first. And then it's like, it's, it's to the point where you, they aren't getting the reaction out of you or they go, Oh, this guy's You're avoiding that shit. Yeah. Avoiding avoid. it, right. Yeah. It's avoiding, Right. So, uh, so big time. So that's, that's what I went with. Um, so there was more so with that. And of course me processing what was going on with my parents. So those are the two main things. Aside from that, I did enjoy being by myself for the most part. Like I, I, I wrote in a journal a lot. I, I would write music a lot, but when it came down to the, the, figuring out why I was getting bullied and the whole divorce thing. Yes. I definitely had some issues with that, with being, being by myself. There was just my, my, my mind would go places. I didn't like it to go. And, you know, that was sort of based on, you know, sort of the environment too. So my brother as well handled it quite differently. So he, uh, he was on like antidepressant medication. So he was, wow. uh, he was very, very much kept to himself. I remember uh, a memory too, that very much, uh, resonates with me even now that I, I, um, I was home. It was maybe five o'clock. It's usually where we'd have, uh, you know, family dinner. My dad has moved out by this point. I remember looking up the stairs and my, my room, my brother's room and my mom's room was up there and they both had their doors closed and it was just like quiet as a ghost. I think they were both just sleeping. And it was like kind of not in the middle of the day, but like around dinner time. And I was just like, man, this feels lonely. Like this feels unnatural, right? Like they're both just even sad. Yeah, sad. it was sad. sad about it. It was sad. Yeah, it was right. So, so that was a bit tricky for me, right? Um, and I was always a, a happy kid. I was always glass half full. I was always trying to make people laugh. Being the youngest in the family, yeah. it was that was my role. I identified with, and even with my parents going through the divorce, I felt like I was this mediator between them somehow. And maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. I mean, I, I look back on it. I. I tried my best. I would, because when there's lawyers involved, my dad would start kind of going, you know, your mom was saying this about me. And I'd be like, no, no, mom, she doesn't mean that way. Like I've heard her talk about you and really try and temper everything. Right. And kind of go in between and do my best with that. So, you know, for better or for worse, that, that that's definitely something I've, I've um, brought forward into adulthood is like this idea that I, I have to 
help people and mediate things and 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 you know advocate on behalf of people and not worry about myself so that was something i i i learned uh, you know later on for sure but yeah i mean fast forward to the i'll give you the highlight reel of the uh the the things that made me realize that it's it's a problem uh so i got heavy drinking in my 20s um by that point i bought a house and just everything was starting to get to kind of level up i had been in a relationship for five years uh been in a, a band that was doing fairly well had a full-time job bought a house so i thought everything was doing well so in the meantime i i was you know playing hard partying hard so i i i was drinking daily by that point and um you know, by the time I was 27, I actually hospitalized myself for account, acute pancreatitis uh, from a, just a really rough uh, accumulation of, of drinking, but specifically a, a rough party weekend. I ended up in the hospital for three days. And yeah, that was like, I just remember going here, yeah, like the whole time I'm like, okay, as soon as I get out of here, I'm done. Like I'm done drinking. This is my second chance. I thought I was a goner, right? Like some of the worst pain I've been in for you know, a substantial amount of time, six, eight hours before they could kind of figure out what was wrong with me. And I remember just living, you know, looking up at the, 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 uh, hospital roof and just, you know, doing like the whole, okay, this is it. Like if I get out of here, I'm, you know, I'll never drink again. And you know, you, you know how it goes, man. It's like within 24 hours, what I did is I had that like justifying mind. It's like, well, that was rye. That was whiskey that did that to me. But if I do clear, clear one, like vodka, that's clear liquid or beer, you don't know, nothing ever happens to people on beer. I can exactly. drink beer, right? Within mm. 24 hours, I had a beer in my hand. And like, you know, not my finest moment, right? That should have been, should have been, could have been my rock bottom moment. And it wasn't. And I continued to drink beer, you know, to the point I was like up to like 20 a night at, at times, right? And just for, you know, for a guy my size, everybody's like, oh, I can't believe. And that was like a source of pride for me, you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, I impressed that guy. Like, you know, I can drink freaking 18 beer and, you know, fall, be falling over by the end of the night. Yeah, great. You know, so I got to that stage and had some, uh, uh, a relationship just go sideways on me and uh it was very painful for me and uh, that was my rock bottom moment i remember actually before that i i, I fell down a set of stairs I, I still got the scar here from it um it was I, I decided to smoke a cigarette that night and i hadn't smoked for a while and you know it gets you get that big head rush i'm like oh i gotta go downstairs for a bit see you guys Boom! just right down the stairs header i uh, hit my head on the concrete floor you know blood everywhere i had to get taken to the hospital again and then about a month after that i was still all kind of banged up you know post concussion syndrome and such and then got uh, got dumped, and I was like, you know what, I'm I'm done. This is it. So I, I took a, uh, I was lucky enough to get five weeks off work just to clean up. The first two weeks of the five weeks, I kept drinking, right? And then finally, um, it's a, a story that's near and dear to my heart because uh, my my buddy Brent, who had gone through uh, AA and uh, Narcotics Anonymous as well, uh, I reached out to him. And I said, you know what, dude, like, I, I don't think I'll go to one of these myself. I'm just a bit, a bit nervous to go to one of these. He's like, I'll pick you up. Let's go. There's one like just down the way, just down the way from your house. So we go there and we get to the parking lot. And I just remember just the vibe of even getting in the parking lot. I was proud of myself for getting there. And I was like, I remember telling him like, yes. you know what, man, I think I'm good. Like I'm watching people come and go. And I was like, you know, this is close enough. Right. And I remember Brent, it was one of these, it was a turning point for my life. Essentially, he looks at me and he has this big smile. He's one of the most likable guys. He goes, it's all good, man. It's safe in there. We'll, we'll go, we'll have fun. And he gives me this big smile. And I'm just kind of like, okay, let's do this. And we go in there and Brent is just like, like I say, such a likable guy. And everybody's like high-fiving him and hugging him and stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is not what I was expecting, right? And we sit down and I remember the guy, 
I don't even remember what the guy says. Like it's like the opening, whatever they do at the uh, the AA meetings or whatever this was, just to kind of get things started. He's reading the the opening couple lines out of the out of the book, and I literally remember like a physical weight leaving. Like I keep my stress in my neck and my shoulders, and I felt a physical something leave that area of my mm-hmm. body, and I almost started tearing up, and I was just like, wow. And there was like a shift that I've never had since. And I hadn't had before that. That was just, I was like, okay, so this, this got through to That's me. That's it. That's it. And that, after that back, like it was about three and a half years of, uh, of alcohol free at that point. Uh, I would love to say that, uh, that I, I I'm still, uh, I, I was still up to that point, but I, I, my, my ego got in the way at that point, And I, it was a, it was a matter of, um, you know, I think I can do moderation now, right? It's like the the addict mind. The the three worst words you can say is "I got this," and I didn't have and it. <laughs> yeah, and right, yeah. <laughs> and the and can is, you? Yeah, right. Can you be moderate, man? Yeah, no, no. You know, zero percent success rate. So you know, it was, it, I tried, and uh, you know, fast forward. This would have been 2019, and we're coming up on my three year again. So my mulligan here. Uh, so it'll be, uh, right. April. Thanks, man. April 9th of this year will be three years. And what it did for me this time, Alex is, uh, my dad actually passed away, uh, December, a couple of days before Christmas, very suddenly. Hear that. Thank you. Uh, it was right before Christmas, 2018. And, uh, he was 66. He had just retired and, um, you know, 35 years as a fireman in Prince George. And yeah, he just, he was, he'd always lived that hard lifestyle, man. He was, he was still just giving or he was drinking like he was freaking a teenager still at times. Right. And I caught up with him and, uh, yeah, he passed away. And you know, at the time I was, I, I started with, I was getting those taps on the shoulder again. Eh? I, I knew it and I knew it and I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta change something here. And, uh, I had a pretty rough party weekend in April of 2019, involving you know every, everything all the all the hits right you know <laughs> and um and i just remember that that weekend uh coming out of that weekend i had to drive back to prince george from edmonton it's about eight hours and um i had my i usually saved a couple beers for the next morning just to kind of you know the hair of the dog right and i just had it i had two and i drank one right before i left from this big drive yeah as heroic as that sounds and the second one i'm like i can't do this anymore I just dumped it. I started driving and I got to Jasper. So Jasper is a uh, rock, part of the Canadian Rocky Mountains, basically right in between uh, Prince George and uh, Edmonton. And it was just a beautiful blue sky day and one of the most beautiful spots on, on earth that I've ever seen. And I just felt empty. And I was like, so I picked up my phone and I just started kind of recording myself how I felt just to get it out, just to get that energy moving right man and, and it was bad man it was like you know starting into like suicidal ideation and and just like hopeless like i could never listen Do you still to have that recording man uh, no i deleted it i deleted oh, it. yeah God. i deleted it no no not not for me but for you yeah you know like they I'll always back say, on it right yeah exactly they i was always a, say right you know, like uh never forget where you come from you it's know, like, true it's, uh, it's yeah I don't know if I could, I'd be so cringe. Like I would just be, yeah, but you're oh right. Oh my though. God. Would, no doubt. Right. It would be profound to listen to it. So that's what I did. That was my, you know, they always talk about in recovery, um, you know, finding a reason outside of yourself. So that was what yep. I did. I was heading to my, ce- the celebration of life for dad. And I said, you know what? I'm doing this for, for dad. I'm doing this for like, 
not only dad, the whole lineage of the family, this, this alcohol breaking you know, that cycle, right? Breaking the cycle, man. And that's what it was. And I hope that doesn't come across as egotistical or whatnot. Cause it's not, it's really not. It's, it's for, you know, it's, it's for the, for helping, you know, the family reconcile this. So I, I truly yeah. believe, you know, if I continue on with this, it's like it, you know, my ancestors are going, thank you, Matt, for doing that. Something that I couldn't do. And again, no ego involved. That's just something that I feel in my heart. <clears throat> oh no. And, 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 you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm less, uh, I'm, I'm listening to some podcasts and some, uh, documentary about, uh, some MLM that they were selling leggings or whatever. I don't, I don't remember the name. Lou, 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 Lou something. Anyways, oh, Lou, Lou, uh, but all that to say that, that well, it's, it's like Lululemon, but it but it, it was like a it was a multi level marketing scheme oh. stuff, you know, like that the <laughs> and the defraud, you know, uh, single moms and and moms at home, and you know, oh, wow. it's a crazy fucking story. Oh man, but it, it's not the point is that they had a great, great, great question, which is find your why. Mm, yes, you know, you know, find your why. You know, like why are you keeping? You know, like and and and. I always say that, you know, like there are a million reasons why I I keep sober, but they are the same that then transform into excuses that people relapse on. Ooh, interesting. I like that. You know, yeah. You know, yeah. so I can say, you know, like so my mom died, you know, like so I can say I I I I stopped drinking to honor, you know, like the, the passing of my, my mother. Right, but I could be drinking as an excuse because my mom died. You know, I, can, I gotcha. And, and, <laughs> that's oh, yeah, that's brilliant. I love that. So you can you go which side are you going to go on? Right? Yeah, exactly. The same the same points I bring. You know, like um, you know, like my 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 son, my wife, and you know, yeah, but you know, like she, I I do that because I want to be a great dad. But then at the same time, you know, like it, it takes a lot of responsibility and takes a lot of you know, like you, you need to you know, take, take a lot on your shoulders. So that could be an excuse for me to drink and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, like yeah, I have a great right. job, but it's a lot of pressure. So, well, totally. I, you know, I want to keep smart, my job, man. but then again, yeah. I could be drinking because I, it, it's, yeah. it's too much pressure and I, I deserve it. You know, like yes. and, and, and kind of like, <laughs> the entitlement part you pro- big time. Exactly. You probably yeah. know a bit about this. I don't Heck know, yeah. but you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I've never, I've never heard somebody like articulate it like that. That there's like, you could go either way with it. It's, it's either an excuse Always. or it's a reason why not to. Yeah. A motivation. Super, yeah. I'm I like that better, man. And so, you know, like same, same for, uh, you know, like you, you, you end up, uh, you know, like at at that, that crossroad and, you know, like you see that beautiful landscape and, and, and so on and so forth. So could be a motivation to say, well, there's a greater and, and, and superior, you know, like, um, entity that created this and, you know, like I can appreciate this and, you know, I'm, you know, like I want to be sober because of, you know, I kind of, the you know, whatever it is, you know, God, as you define it or whatever, you know, like, and I don't want to fall into, you know, like some dogma or whatever. It just, yeah, this sure. is fucking strong. You know, like seeing the Rockies is, yeah, I, you cannot fucking build this, right? You know, it is stronger yeah. than you, whatever you look at it, you know, like, I yeah. don't know what it is, science, whatever, take it <laughs> to yeah. the yeah. angle you want, you know, like yeah. God, the science or, yeah. or whatever <laughs> it is, but it is grander than, you know, like our, our little person. Yes. Um, so then again, you know, like that's a great point to say, you know what, you know, like I'm, you know, I want to be able to appreciate that. Yes. Or, you know, like an excuse that, you know, like, well, look at me, I can't appreciate that shit, you know, I like, can and, yeah. and just be whining yeah. about yeah. that. And I find this super interesting because, you know, like as you say, 
you repeat it multiple times. This is not ego. This is fuck. No, it's no, it's no ego. You know, right. like, and and it is not ego. You know, like it is not ego to um to decide that we're gonna be for a while at least the number one priority is our well being and our right. better being. Yes, you know. I like that. And and it is because of that, that, you know, like when we have the initial talk about, you know, the pandemic and how we feel, it is because we built those block of foundation that we can look back at us and, and say, oh, shit, I feel anxious right now. And I feel yeah. scared. And I feel, you know, th this is a feeling of fear, you know, like of going out. And this is a feeling of panic or uh, whatever it is, you know, because we we've we've learned to not only look back, but almost like deconstruct, you know, like who we are and say, okay, if I, if I do lack sleep or if I don't eat well, if I don't take care of my body, um, I am, I am more weak, you know? Yeah. Uh, in all, in all other areas in my life, you know, right. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. if, if, if I, if I don't, um, and you mentioned, you know, trying the moderate way, you know, like I, I tried a year before going into therapy and it was actually like a, a public sector founded um, center that, you know, like it's, it's called um, in French, it's Reduction des Méfaits. And I know there's a translation of that, but I don't, um, I don't, I, I, I always forget, but, right. um, but all that to say that that's what, you know, like the therapist was telling telling me that you know like i could be able to be you know reasonable about my my use and well i i just I, I fed into this you know like big time i was like oh okay then you know like let me let me give it a, a small break like a three-month break and right i'll then start you know like being reasonable again and and next thing you know like i'm, I'm you know like i'm all in and you know yeah and then I had a conversation with a colleague of mine today because he's like, oh, I'm so freaking fed up. You know, like he has a good friend that's using and, you know, like he can't get him to stop. And he's like, well, you know, like he then he's just, he was telling me that he just, he's just transferred to prescribed drugs. You know, like he's like, well, oh. he feels legit now because, you know, like it's been prescribed yeah. by a doctor. Right. I'm like, I'm like, my, my he's called Pascal. I'm like, Pascal, I, in my, that's not, in my personality, I have eaten too much candy to the point of throwing them up mm. to this day. And, you know, like it's looking back that I, I realized that, but to this day, I cannot eat bananas because young, young kid, I probably made like a, a 10 level peanut butter, bread and banana sandwich yeah. nice. that I did, that I did throw up, <laughs> you know, you know, like almost like a food poisoning shit. Sure. You know, like, and, sure. And, you know, but to this day, like 40 something years later, I cannot eat a banana. You know? wow. So, yeah. so, you know, um, and gummy bears and skid, I've thrown them all up, you know, like, and it, it, after it's, it, it, it's a next colleague of mine, still a friend that has told me once, he's like, Alex, you realize that you tell me the story about, you know, like eating too much, too many candies and too much candies like on three or four occasions, you know, like, so you yeah. can't not eat Skittles anymore and you yeah. cannot eat gummy bears anymore. And you yeah. can, eat, I mean, like, you're right. Huh? He's like, <laughs> you did, you definitely cannot yeah. use alcohol or drugs, man. You know, like you, you sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny though. Right. Yeah. 
But the one thing I can do is alcohol. Yeah, yeah. all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah. bananas, gummy no. bears. Yeah. As, right, yeah. As you probably went, you know, like a few um, nights practicing your craft of guitar or, or, or music. Yeah. And went way over the time you, you had initially allowed yourself because you want to be in shape and you want to be, you know, like, yeah. you know, like you want to have a good night of sleep and whatever and realize that it's three, it's 3 a.m. Ah, fuck, you know, I like can yeah. screwing up your next day of work and, you know, yeah. and that's the kind of personality we have, you know, like yeah. it, it is where, you know, like some, some colleagues professionally will say we're passionate, but we're just extreme, you know, like, extreme <laughs> obsessed. Yeah. 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 Extreme. Definitely extreme. Yeah. You're right. You're right about that. Yeah. I'm curious to, for you, like, cause I know for sure the answer for me was, um, you know, beyond music, like to replace that initial energy during recovery, I, I was exercise. I just love what that did. How, what was it for you? What was it? That it was like, you kind of replaced it took a while. That. It took yeah. a while. Um, I would say that, you know, like, um, you know, like, a family, I have three kids, you know, like, so, so, you know, like kind of the family thing took over and, you know, sure, uh, yeah. um, my, my career was a bit of a, a mess. So for, for a while I kept busy at that a lot, you know, like, gotcha. uh, and, and failing on my aspirations, you know, like I had professional sure. aspirations that were, you know, like that I was probably, well, not probably, but obviously late on because I, you know, like I had just like missed all of these occasion opportunities. Um, all that to say that a bit later, I would say maybe eight, nine years in, I started doing, uh, you know, like I had never run in my life and never been a fit kid or not fat, but never um, interested in sports, solo or group. Mm. I, you know, like I, I never was interested in sports. And then I heard someone on the radio mention uh, something about obstacle racing. Oh, um, okay. talk about yeah. the, the tough mothers and you know like the the spartan race and all that yeah and I was like, yeah, mm, yeah. Mm. Ooh, okay interesting and then i became just a fucking um freak on the really interesting. yeah big time yeah. so i did i did what you know in spartan they they call them trifectas which are you know, like they have well they have more now but they initially had three distances 5 15 and 25 so if you did the the three races in one summer they would give you like a special medal i have wow. two or three of those wow. um but you know like summer after summer my 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 passion completely re reoriented to um pushing just those limits to the extreme you know okay and, and then <laughs> yeah i had my third kid six years ago and you know like it obviously shake things up you know like so yeah so you, you have to be you know like you have to slow down and some stuff and and so my trading cadence took a hit um but i'm 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 clearly back and not uh as 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 last weekend um we, my wife and I talked and I said, I'm 47. I, I just had 47 in, in February. And nice. um, I said, I need to do an ultra, whatever the distance is, but you know, like it can, it can be a 50 K or, or 50 mile or whatever. Mm -hmm. But by, by 50 years old, I have to have done um, a, a ultra. Wow. I don't know how, I don't know. I, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do that. But yeah. This is an objective I'm I'm fixing myself. You know, like that that by 50 years old, there's going to be in my list uh, uh, what's 
deemed or labeled an ultra uh, marathon. So I, I'm not interested in the Iron Man and all that stuff. You know, I don't care about that. But right. I want to I want to run a trail, nice landscape that yeah. that adds up to me running uh, 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 what's what's labeled as an ultra. Um, and, um, Super and cool. again, you know, like, I just don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> sure. Sure. We got you the know. vision for it anyways. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I have that aspiration. Um, and still, still, you know, like I'm always looking at kind of the, the next race or, you know, like kind of the next thing that I'm going to do. And, and, um, and as you did, you know, like I've always had, um, a home gym, um, mm, yeah. just because it uses up to your, tra- your your true training time driving down to a gym changing yeah. shower blah 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 for, yeah. for for you know like it uses up too much of what you you allow yourself as training time you know like so yeah so, yeah you know like driving to a gym you know like you can end up spending quote unquote two or three hours but you only really spend training an hour you know yeah we're at home it's instant right you know like yeah. put my shorts I'm yeah. in five minutes. I'm I'm treadmilling yeah. or whatever, yeah. and uh, in in an hour, I will be exhausted and I will spend and I just go up, yeah, jump in the shower, you know, like so, yeah, yeah. So I do this in the morning, and by nine nine thirty, my sunset school, I'm fully trained. I I I'm I'm showered up and ready to work, you know. Like, so <laughs> good feeling. Uh, and, yeah, right? phenomenal feeling, and and yeah, and you run your morning on on caffeine and endorphins, you know. So it's <laughs> totally, man. Sounds like we got the same kind of thing. Other than I don't have kids, but uh, yeah, you're right though. That's one of the things, like, because we're talking, you know, coming out of COVID at the beginning of our conversation. You know, it's it's been nice to go back to the gyms every now and then, but honestly, I'm gonna to just from what you just verbalized, I love that too. Just being able to go downstairs. Like you say, you cut out the drive time, the, you know, yeah. potentially standing in line waiting for people. And I'm so used to it now and I can get it done just like that. And like you say, it's, it's, you conquered your morning, you're boom, you're ready to go. And you just, like you say, endorphins have a cup of coffee on the way to work or whatever it may be. And man, it's like your day, just the whole tone of your day is set. You got this momentum feels yep. great. So it's going to be tricky because before I was literally going to the gym every day. But there's like the commute time and all that. And now that I've eliminated that, it's going to be kind of tricky to go back to it in, in, in a lot of senses, Absolutely. right? Right. And, and there are so many nice programs available, both on your cell phone and your yeah. web browser. There yeah. are so many great programs available out there. You know, like yeah. that, that whatever it is, you know, like I initially started with all of the Beachbody stuff. Right. And then eventually started to discover that there were, um, I would say, you know, like less, um, <laughs> that had maybe less budget, but were taking me in all kinds of places where, you know, like suddenly the TRX, I had like a, a 16 week program on TRX that, that was so nice. fucking hard. You know, like it, it was, it was really, really tough. And I was like, wow. Okay. So that guy was, you know, a guy from Florida that, you know, like did his best with the, the, the budget he had, but you know, like it was just like fantastic. Um, yeah. And then discovered, you know, like George St. Pierre did one that, you know, like really is, um, body, you know, like mostly body weight, but some dumbbells and stuff. But then again, you know, like after a few weeks, you're like, oh my God, you know, like I'm, I'm <laughs> my muscle aches and shit, you know, like, <laughs> but you know, like th- those are scheduled, you print and you just fill the checkbox, you know, like, and yeah, you're like wow, you know, like, and then you're yeah. done and you're like, my God, I, I went through that whole program and, 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 
you know, like you, there, there's a sense of pride. There's um, obvious visual, you know, yeah. results. Results. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the purpose of these programs. That's probably why I initially it was great, but I, I, I eventually uh, kind of created some of my programs because cool. um, that didn't the, the, you know, because they're, they're, they're pretty much like Beachbody. They're all TV promos and all, you know, like, so they're intended in making you look better because they, yeah. they want to have those before and after pictures. Yeah, the testimonials. Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Which is not necessarily only what I want to achieve with that. You know, like it, right. I want to be in better shape. I want, you know, like that's why running outside is something I enjoy a, a lot. I move from the South Shore to the North Shore where I do and I have to look into that. But, you know, like I was close to some nice trails in mountain. Um, I'm going to be looking at, you know, uh, the same, the, the same thing kind of on, on this side of, uh, of, of the suburb. Um, and yeah, you know, like it's, um, this is, this is my new rush, you know, like it's yeah. those endorphins big time. Yeah. Big time. That's, that's cool. So it sounds very similar for you. Cause it's, it's so important to anybody that's listening to the show that may be at the beginning stages, like Absolutely. It's, it's super important to replace that, that negative energy and, and, you know, with, with something and what, what better way to do it than, than couple it with, with exercise, right. And just, and just getting moving. So that's cool that that worked the same way for you. It sounds like. You said you were three years in and, you know, like before we started recording, I was asking you, you know, like, um, you decided to, uh, again, you know, like I have like three types of guests, you know, like the people that overcame stuff, which you did. And, and, and I have people that only does like the therapy or whatever. And I have had those, those guests as well. And you mentioned that you were kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Um, where do you fall into kind of giving back and, 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 you know, like how, how did you decide to articulate that into kind of helping the next kin? Yeah, no, thanks for the opportunity to, to mention that. So I, uh, basically what I'm doing now is, so I, uh, I had done the, the 22 years at the time at my job at the grocery store, got up to assistant store manager and, uh, I was kind of feeling, uh, you know, a little bit unfulfilled with the job to be honest. And I think there, there was a degree of what we talked about early in the interview with the, the COVID, uh, just kind of rubbing me the wrong way. It wasn't, uh, however, saying that, uh, you know, there's a lot of the part of the job that I did like, and, you know, I turned 40 last summer and, uh, you know, I was getting to that stage where I was starting to mentor these new, the new cr crop of managers that was coming up. And I very much enjoyed that. It's very rewarding. So, you know, I took a, I ended up taking a six month leave of absence, a sabbatical, uh, last, last summer. And, uh, just to kind of get my head right. I just, I wasn't, like I say, I was, I was getting this feeling of dread going to work. And I was like, I didn't feel like I was bringing a hundred percent of myself. And to me, that's not, not acceptable. I'm not just going to go get a paycheck. I want to make sure that I'm, I'm, bringing the best version of me that I can. And I wasn't. So I took a step, uh, a step aside I, you know, I had never really taken any time off work aside from a week off here, a week off there, you know, some paid vacation here and there. So, you know, I just, I took the six months off uh, under the guise. I was just going to, you know, do some, go, go see my mom a little bit more. And cause she lives in BC and do some traveling and, you know, work on some stuff that I've always wanted to. And it's kind of getting to the stage when you're getting to that age of 40, you're going, you know what, it's, I keep saying I'm going to do all this stuff and it's accumulating and it's going to be like, okay, when am I actually going to do this? Am I going to wait till I retire to do some of these projects or these things that I'm, you know, passionate about? And so it was a little bit of that too. So, you know, I got to, you know, work on an album with my band and which was a lot trickier, right? Cause everybody's re recording remotely and sending the tracks mm -hmm. and I'm mixing at home. And so there's all these different things that, you know, that you're kind of adapting to. 
And I want to say about a month and a half into my sabbatical, I was creating this uh, course online. It was all about like uh, the physical and, and mental health benefits of creativity. So I was re- getting people into, you know, why you want to take up painting or take up, uh, re-engage that hobby. Like there's so many people that have a guitar that they bought 10 years ago. It's sitting collecting dust in their living room. Like re-engage that, especially right now. It's like such a great time to do so. So I, I was building a course around that. And, and um, I remember I got on a podcast with this one guy. Uh, his name is Mike Schwartz, and he had just got through this coaching program called Enlifted. And he's like, well, if you want some credentials behind what you're doing, and I, I, I kind of verbalized that to him. I'm like, oh, who's going to listen to me? I'm just some guy, right? And he's like, well, get, get some uh, coaching certifications. I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad idea, actually. So he told me to look up this guy named Mark England. So Mark England is the, uh, the head coach over at Enlifted. And it's all like, it's very language-based coaching. It's all about like inner dialogue, how we're talking to ourselves, and then therefore how we're presenting ourselves and talking to other people. So we, the, the four pillars are, uh, you know, statements of negation. So like, I can't, I, I don't do this uh, binary or extreme, very dramatic language. So like, I always do this and this always happens to me, like, which is mm-hmm. clearly never the case, right? It's never always or never, right? So it's, uh, backing off of that, uh, using soft talk, especially to yourself. So when you're like, yeah, maybe I'll go do that, or I could, or I should do that. Using these types of phrasing with yourself affects you, right? When you're you're trying to set goals, especially when you're in like recovery, you don't want to be like, yeah, I, I maybe I should, maybe I should not drink tonight versus I'm not going to drink tonight. Very different and en- very different energy behind those, right? Yep. So, and even in management. So I started reflecting on my own management style and how it could get better and I just ate this stuff up and, and Mark is an amazing head coach, amazing instructor. He has a very, uh, very good Ted talk. Actually, if anybody wants to look it up, just like a Mark England Ted talk. And it kind of gives you a, uh, his story basically just quickly on him. He was a, a martial arts fighter, uh, that blew his knee out at age 23 and very much got into this, this victim mentality and the world's out against him and just very tense and very fearful, right. And not wanting to show that he's fearful. And he got into this language thing. And, uh, it, it just, it got him, it flipped everything inside of him, the way he was talking to himself and the way he was approaching the world. And he, it, now he has a completely different view on everything. And so he brings this, he's all about language and how we talk to ourselves. And, uh, and I was noticing that in inner dialogue, pretty much everybody I talk to has that inner critic or that inner parent, the angry dad or mom or teacher or something that like, when you make a mistake, you're like, you just crap all over yourself. Right. It's always like, you've idiot like why'd you do that and blah 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 so getting out of that being a first of all being aware of that but then consciously getting out of that showing yourself the compassion that you show your friends that you show your family and then what that does to you and then you know coupling that with actual proper breathing mark was the first guy that pointed out to me that uh you know as as you grow older and i'm not sure how it is for you alex but for me when i was at work you know, you always hear about fight, flight, or freeze. Like when you get into a mild or let's face it, more than mild stress response at times at work. And I would do the freeze. So I'd have like, you know, my phone ringing, you know, as assistant store manager, you'd have like, okay, somebody needs you down there. There's a customer complaint, whatever. I got to send an email. Somebody's talking to me about something. And I know I got a to-do list as well. And I would just hold my breath. And, you know, and Mark says, that's not, you know, if you want to be in that parasympathetic state, that's where you're most creative. That's where your body language is showing that you're relaxed. So people want to be around you. Right. So he's the guy that's like, he always says low and slow. So when we're talking about the way that we're talking to ourselves, 
we're getting into story work. It's really about unpacking stories that have been haunting or trolling you for years, right? That have just been ruminating in your head, getting them out on a Google doc or on a piece of paper and then breathing them. So just like airing, it's all about airing it out, right? All these narratives, these, these stories that have just made you feel uncomfortable, writing them out and then reading them out loud, literally airing them out with this nice breathing and reading techniques. And it's amazing. And then what you'll do is you pick out certain sentences that'll be really like negative or like statements of negation and plucking out just one or two words and replacing them and turning it into an affirmation. And then before you know it, you've, you're using your same words, your same language, but you've just changed it ever so slightly. But the charge is so different. And then mm-hmm. you say that to yourself for 30 straight days with some breath in between, which just supercharges that affirmation. And it's crazy, dude. So like, it's, yeah, like this, the story work therapy or the story work sessions, uh, you know, and just all the, uh, the breathing techniques is just amazing. And it's been great for, uh, getting into, I, I then went and got a, uh, recovery coach certification. So that's what I've been working on is this like, for me, there's nothing better than I could think of to do than to come out the other side of this sobriety. It helps me stay accountable to myself as well. And the flip side is also helping people. I remember what it was like. That's not that far away from me, right? I'll always remember that those stories I just shared with you. And I feel comfortable enough now before my first, and this is the difference between my first sobriety, uh, you know, four or five years ago when I've had that first three years, I was still ambiguous about it. I was still hiding uh, to a degree. I would tell my, you know, my closest friends, but kind of, hey, like I'm not drinking right now. So, you know. Whereas, you know, it was almost like setting myself up to be able to go back in and try it again. Yeah. Honestly, in hindsight, and that's what I was doing. I wasn't, I wasn't being super upfront about it. I was being, again, the soft talk, the ambiguity, right? Absolutely. So I'm setting myself, right? So I'm setting myself up for, for being solid about it now. And, uh, so that's what, that's my new deal. I, I, uh, I got through level two, uh, certification for Enlifted this past January and Mark was so his presentation skills are just immaculate and it just climaxed at such a way. He showed this video that was like a metaphor for kind of what he expects from us. And I just remember being overcome with emotion and it cut back to him and he's not a big crier and he's tearing up and he kind of does bye bye the power vested in me. You can go ahead and blah. And I'm watching everybody on the zoom call, right? We're talking a lot about zoom calls and everybody in there is just so emotional and tearing up. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm quitting tomorrow. You know, like, I quit my, my uh, grocery store job. So I, I typed up my letter and had it in my back pocket. And I was like, no, hold on. Like, uh, you know, I got to make sure a couple things are in line before I do this. But that's what I did. Like, and I was just like, I had that feeling. I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's the thing is, it's combining everything that I've been doing for those 22 years. It's not like I'm completely starting from scratch because that whole time, like probably the last, I will say eight years, I'd been in a leadership role, even more than that, but specifically the last six years, I was assistant manager. So very much a point person for this kind of stuff. And so very familiar with all sorts of different people and ages and demographics and all that. And, and, uh, you know, and then that's my passion, dude. I want, I want to help people that, you know, are, I just remember what it's like. It's, it's so empty and, and helpless feeling and, and dark and all that. And just to be able to, to help somebody get out of that. And even going back to that first AA meeting, that compassionate, empathetic feeling that you get that completely changes your life. Sign me up. So that's, that was my motivation. Absolutely. And that's my story that's led me to, to the coaching I'm doing now. Thanks for the opportunity to mention that too, by the way. Where can people find you? 
Yeah, find me on. Uh, so I have a program uh, set up right now. It's called Recovery Roadmap dot me so recovery roadmap dot me and it's uh the front uh whatever that that slash recovery roadmap dot me slash learn so learn will have a little bit of a commercial kind of give you an overview of what's going on with it and uh if, uh, available to uh, get my an ebook i just did which is just my story a lot uh, just fleshing out some of the stories that we talked about here tonight just sort of a confessional uh, you know, a little bit of humor in there too. Like everybody, you know, you, so you can kind of laugh at yourself a bit yeah. along the way. And so that's it. And uh, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Matt Gardner 780. And uh, for all of these links, uh, Matt's going to be providing them so that, you know, like you can find him in the description of the podcast episode. So no worries about that. Last question I got for you, Matt, is what would you consider, you know, like a few years in and with, you know, all that trading and taken? Um, I, I like to leave my my guests with uh, not my guests, but my listeners with some kind of afterthoughts of what is for you today an healthy um, three phases, healthy diet of taking care of yourself. And I mean, you know, mm. mentally, physically, and spiritually. Yeah. What is that? You know, like that daily or weekly diet of you know the the, the things that you have and need to do to be in you know in, in good shape. That's a great final question. I love it. So yeah, definitely the exercise and exercise. And I, you, you touched on it. I think you didn't quite say it, but I'm pretty sure I imagine this is what you mean. Exercise is so good for you mentally as well. What it does for yeah. you mentally is this like, yeah, so that can't be, I almost do working out like more for the mental than the, the exercise, if you get what I mean. So exercise for sure. I took up yoga. So stretching I just love the older I get, the more I want to keep stretching. And yoga is like that moving meditation, right? So I'm, I'm trying my yep. best to get into meditation. So, you know, uh, so I'd say stretching, uh, I'd say exercise, that could be weight resistance, it could be jogging, that could be running, whatever that just move, move. And uh, music's the other big one that I, I couldn't because that's that's when you're talking body, mind, spirit, that's my spirit, man. That's like what it gets into my soul is uh, expressing myself in a way that's a little more abstract and a little more like, you know, from my heart, you know, heart to my hands basically. Right. So guitar playing some guitar and singing. That's uh, those are my three for sure. Awesome. Matt, it was a pleasure having you well, on really appreciated. It was, all uh, mine. it was great. Um, again, I encourage everyone to go take a look at that recovery roadmap.me slash learn. And, Thanks. um, you, uh, You're a great guest, man. You know, oh, it was a uh, it was a pleasure so having you on. Really, Dude, pleasure, pleasure is all mine. And yeah, I really love the uh, what you got going on with the show. I've uh, I've def I've subscribed and listened been listening to some episodes. You do a great great work. So uh, keep it up. And pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. -bye.